Hey cuties, welcome to another episode of Mimi Said What? I'm Mimi Robinson, and this is my show where I have unfiltered girlfriend chatter with a dose of entertainment and a side of pop culture. I'm a dope-ass black woman who happens to be a wife, a mom, and still have a life of my own. Mimi, update. Happy Black History Month, y'all. That's first, right? Today is the 1st of February, and it is an all-black everything kind of deal. We black every day but we're going to be blackity black this month. And we still rooting for everybody black. All right. So not a whole lot has gone on this week. And you know what? That is okay with me. We finally got some snow in the DMV area. Last year, it was dry. And with all of this being at home, we were definitely, we, probably me and my daughter, (laughs) were definitely pressed for some snow. And we got some. Now, we didn't get as much as some other people got, even in our area, but... We made the best of it. We put on our clothes and we went outside yesterday and did the things. Um, She enjoyed it. And actually, you know what? I enjoyed it too. It was nice to get out. Um, Last minute, I was like running around like, oh my gosh, she outgrew her snow pants and I couldn't find any. Why? Because there were bikinis in the stores. And (laughs) thankfully, my daughter is growing and I am not. So she was able to fit a pair of my ski pants. Yes, my daughter is nine, nine years old. Yes, I'm a whole 41 years old, but whatever, it worked. (laughs) So I had on one set and she had another pair and we were good to go. So um, it was actually snowing today and then it tapered off. And I think we're supposed to get some more tomorrow. So we shall see. Honestly, it doesn't matter. Why? Because we just be in the house, y'all. So what else is going on? My husband and I made another trip to Ikea. (laughs) We probably should get stock in Ikea, but y'all, um, actually this time, no, we went, we bought a shit ton of stuff. We bought some more like chairs for the morning room. We bought a plant. <laughs> we bought a little bit of everything. I did find some dope, um, like organizers that I'm excited to use. Not even in the closet because I ordered, I ordered the organizers that I need for the trays in the closet. Um, because why I was tired of ripping and running back and forth and trying to find them in stock. But the ones that I got tonight were, um, you could use them for anything, but I plan to use them for my undergarments to get them organized and stuff like that. So I'm super excited about getting that together. And I even got a set for my daughter because organization is for everybody. Uh, lastly, so after two months of trying to convince myself I was going to grow my hair out, I let my husband cut my hair yesterday. (laughs) he had been asking me and I was like no I'm not ready for a haircut I ain't recognized the bitch in the mirror and I was like listen this shit has to go so I got hair issues um I've never been to the doctor for the issues but they exist so um I don't want to say my hair is receding but maybe it is a little bit and it's thin and top whatever either way it is best if it is shaved short which I've always preferred short hair on me because I mean God gave me all this beauty in his face you should look at it without hair in the way duh anyway so I prefer my hair cut really really low and colored blonde because it's less of a contrast which from my skin color and my hair color so when my hair is black like it's painfully obvious I think that my hair is thinning but when it's colored a light color it's not as obvious so 
I got that old thing back. And it feels amazing to have a motherfucking haircut. And I actually get to smile back at the person in the mirror. Look at me, y'all. I'm fancy. <laughs> New pics coming to the timeline. Stay tuned. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's all for Mimi said what? So in my Mimi update, I totally forgot to tell you that my Air Jordan 1 Retro Highs in Black Metallic Gold came in last week. And oh, they are so bomb. Y'all know I'm a sneakerhead. And you know what? I feel like I need to tell you more about my sneaker quest because I don't be giving y'all the tea. The tea is posted to the gram, but I don't be giving y'all the tea. Now, this is my first pair of Jordan 1s. And y'all, I'm hooked. They're not my number one shoe in my collection. My Atmos Wild Pair are definitely number one. But these are a strong number two for sure. They are black patent leather. Do you know that patent leather makes everything better? I've officially decided that they are going to be a part of my formal sneaker collection. Um, now, that does not mean that I will not just go and shoot the shit and stroll. Oh, I'm going to stunt on all of the employees and the customers in Target when all of this snow is off the ground. OK, but I would also put them on with a ball gown, uh, a ball skirt, whatever formal attire that awaits me when the pandemic is a wrap. They so bomb. Now, if you don't know what they are, and you don't know what they look like, then head on over to at Mimi Cute Lips on the gram and you can see them. Let me know that you came from the podcast so I can show you a little extra love and we can both collectively drool over these bomb ass sneakers. All right, that's it for real this time. All right, y'all, it's about to pop, to pop, to pop off. We got a little pop culture to talk about. So there are quite a few things going on. I didn't go ham. Um, I'll push the rest of the topics off for next week. So one movie that I love is coming back. Um, it's okay the series is called to all the boys and it's on netflix and if you have not seen it they are super cute movies well this is like a trilogy right this is our third episode and it's coming out february 12th yes a good rom-com a good chick flick right before valentine's day so netflix february 12th it's the final installment of laura jean and peter's love story and it is called to all the boys always and forever now, if you have not heard of the series, then the first movie is called To All the Boys I've Loved Before. And in in the story, it's three American teenage romance films, and it's based on a trilogy of novels of the same by the same name, by Jenny Han or Han, which I didn't even know. Um, but the movies are so good. So the storyline is around Laura Jean, and she's a shy teenager, and she writes five letters ones she never planned to send they're all to boys that she had crushes on so somehow some way they end up getting the letters and that's how the first uh, movie unfolds so then the second one is to all the boys p.s p.s i still love you now she's in a relationship with peter and all of that's cool but she reunites with another recipient of one of her old love letters even though she's in a relationship this sounds very high schoolish <laughs> And I realized that as a 41-year-old woman, I'm hella excited. Like, it's such a cute movie. My bestie T and I have seen both of them already. Matter of fact, she's the one who told me we're getting a third one, and I cannot wait. I feel like I should make us video chat while we watch and be extra and dramatic. So if you like it, tune in. And if you've never seen it, check it out. It's super cute. All right. 
um, Lupin, which I've still not made time to watch, but they have announced that a season two is coming in summer 2021. So I guess I just need to get it together, y'all. I swear to God, I'd be running out of time. I don't know what I do with my time, but it's exhausted already. So I still have it on my list and I'll keep it there until I get to it. Season one came out um, January 8th and it's the retelling of a classic French story. And this guy, Lupin, is a world-famous gentleman thief and master of disguise. Um, yeah, still on the list. But season two is coming, which means I got to hurry up. I don't have to hurry up. I got time. <laughs> All right, what else? So Godzilla versus Kong. Does anybody watch Godzilla movies or King Kong movies anymore? They were definitely an old school notion, I feel. And I hadn't heard about either one of them in a ton of years. They're also not my zhuzh, so I don't watch them. So perhaps they have been lurking in the shadows and I'm just unfamiliar because I don't care for them. But if you do, they hold on to this. All right, so it's coming to HBO Max on March 26th. Hold your mule next month. Godzilla and Kong. It's a thing. So um, there are they are squaring off in an epic battle of the ages while humanity looks to wipe out both of the creatures and take back the planet once and for all. Are you excited? If you are, do enjoy. <laughs> I will not have an update on that one. All right, moving on. SNL. Regina King is going to host SNL for the first time on February 13th. Oh, we love us some Regina King. She's an Oscar, Golden Globe, and Emmy Award winner. And she made her uh, feature film directorial debut with One Night in Miami, which is on Amazon Prime. I freaking love her. I've loved her since she was Brenda on 227. Don't even play. Um, And it's been really dope, honestly, to see her carve out this um, space for herself. And all these years, like, do you know how hard it is? to have longevity in Hollywood yo she started out as a kid and she has seamlessly um continued to grow continue to act and um act not not with the k (laughs) and now um directing that's pretty freaking dope so i'll tune in snl is usually not my bag but when somebody i like is hosting i normally tune in to watch especially because they join in on the skits and those shits be funny sometimes. So I'll tune in to watch. So um, if you're an SNL fan, which a lot of people are, um, then it's Black History Month. It's all black everything. I told you that already. Just tune in and watch February 13th. All right. Make it like your pre-Valentine thing to watch. All right. That's it for your pop culture update. Okay. So let's get into what Mimi is watching. I watched just enough television this week. I didn't overdo it. Um, Okay, so first, The Resident is back. And AJ and Mina are still steamy as fuck. Oh, my God. So, uh, even when they argue, it's sexy as hell. How do you have a sexy-ass argument? I'm going to have to tell Babe P and I need to work on that. (laughs) We need to work on that. How do you argue in such a sexy fashion? But watching AJ and Mina... Oh, it's so intense. It's sexy as hell. Anyway, <laughs> I feel like they are two people who just have a absurd amount of sexual tension. And maybe that's why their arguments are so sexy because there's just so much going on. Yet they also have this really great mutual um, admiration and respect for one another. 
y'all, it's just like steamy hot passion at all costs. And they could just be sitting there doing a whole lot of nothing. I don't know. Um, It's not sexual frustration because they be getting it in. So it's not that. Ain't nobody pent up, built up, backed up. None of that. Anyway, also while I was watching this episode, I just real I didn't know I didn't just realize, but I was looking at Pravash, Dr. Pravash, and he is such a cutie pie. Not my type by any means, but he is so cute. Like so cute you want to hook him up with someone else that you know, or maybe not know, just because they'd make a cute ass couple. He's such a cutie pie. Um, Dr. Kane is still being an asshole. This time he was hit by a car when he stopped to help somebody and he was doing the most in the ER. Okay, right. So, you know, when they wheel you in, um, typically the EMT will give the attendings or whoever's receiving them at the hospital their stats. Why was he doing all that shit himself? (laughs) Like telling him his blood pressure. And I was just like, sir, you doing too much. Oh, so the crash banged him up kind of bad and his arms and shit don't work. Now, in a typical case, you'd think this would humble somebody, not this cocky-ass motherfucker. Nothing has humbled him. Nothing. So they cut his ass open and they were working on it to be determined on what happens to him. But he's such a pain in the ass that I'm sure he's not going away. But we'll have to wait for the next episode and then we could talk about it. All right. So on Saturday, we had a family movie night and I had a two-for-one kind of deal. So we finally watched Crude's The New Age, which is the second version, not the second version, the second part of the series. And in order to do that, I had to watch the first Crude's. I had never watched it. But both the kids, oddly enough, the 16-year-old and the 9-year-old said it was really good. And y'all, if y'all have not watched, they were right. It was really cute. It's really funny. Um, It's got some badassery in it. And the grandmother is the bomb. I, y'all know me and an old bitty. Ooh, I find them everywhere I go. I swear to God, I do. And I don't even be looking. But the grandma in there is funny as hell. She holds back nothing, nothing at all. Um, The kids loved it. Babe and I did fall asleep on it. I watched this all of the first half for sure. And then I dozed off at the end. So I would need to watch that again. But it was a really, really cute movie. Um, I also watched Cutthroat City, which is a Netflix movie. It debuted at number one on Netflix's top 10 trending charts. This is a movie done by RZA. You know who RZA is? I feel like RZA comes with no explanation. But in case he does, Wu-Tang, my niggas. Sorry, Wu-Tang is for the kids. Anyway, um, yeah, so... This is typically not the type of movie that I would watch by myself like it's the kind of movie Babe will be into and I'm sure he probably already watched it and so I will watch it with him but it's just right off the back it's not the type of movie that I would just be like oh let me sit down and watch it but I enjoyed it it was really good it's a gritty graphic novel it's RZA and um it's set in New Orleans and it's set um post Katrina So you have all of those things already in the mix. And they're a group of friends, boys, trying to be, they're young men, trying to figure it out. And they're in the lower ninth ward after the, um, after Katrina. And if you were around during those times and you know, FEMA failed them. And so the community is trash and all that other stuff. And so those narratives definitely continue to play out and 
T.I. is also in the movie and he has vitiligo in the movie. I don't know why in the hell they decided that his character needed to have vitiligo because the shit looks stupid. And I'm just like, why didn't you get an actor that just naturally had vitiligo? If that was the direction you insisted on going, he could have played his character just fine without having vitiligo. I don't even know why they put these, I'm assuming, prosthesis or makeup on his face. It was stupid. It was hella distracting. And I just think it was an overall dumbass idea. Anyway, so these fools try and find a way to come up. And so they go out and start doing some criminal shit and... It's a mess. Um, Terrence Howard is in a movie and I don't care for Terrence Howard too much. I only love him in The Best Man. But I will say in this movie, he was funny as hell. <laughs> he was funny. Um, yeah, I'd say watch it. It's a good movie. You could watch it with you and your homeboy, with your boo or whatever. It's not a chick flick by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a good movie. Um, and lastly, uh... I watched, ooh, 911. Ooh, Lord. 911 was so good. Um, So this was part two of the season premiere. Um, And so when they left, the half of California was sliding off of itself. <laughs> and uh, Athena was out there in this crazy white woman's house. The lady hadn't left her house in a ridiculous amount of years. Like she was just one of those people who was afraid to go outside. Um, and so she just lived in her house. So they were essentially trapped there. Um, but there was, it was a solid episode. It's always a solid episode with 911, I swear. But there were some super cute moments, um, that had me feeling a little teary eyed. And I was like, oh my God. First of all, I love love. I love love. I could never say that enough. I love love. And I love a good love story. And I love when people realize they fucked up and then they, correct the error of their ways and it's just really sweet and endearing and there were several of their moments um of those moments in this episode so there was chin who had been staying with buck because he was worried about giving his pregnant girlfriend covid because he's a fireman and he's going to work all the time so um, she had been going through this pregnancy by herself and then something crazy happens um, and he has this come to Jesus moment and it was just super sweet to watch all of that unfold. And then Athena, who's played by Angela Bassett, um, she's so bomb. Her family dynamic is incredible. So she's married to a white man and she has two black kids by her ex-husband. But her ex-husband is very much into, uh, you know, still a solid member, a regular member of the family. And um, the ex-husband and the new husband get along. And if you don't watch 911, the reason he is her ex-husband is because he is a gay. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what ended their marriage. Um, and he has a boyfriend. And obviously, I told you, Athena is married again. So she found love. And he's perfect for her. And they're so sweet and cute together. Um, but also the ex-husband found love and she be getting him together about the boo. Like he um, works at the hospital and, you know, pandemic is going on in episode two. And she was like, he looks tired. Tell him he needs some rest. And sure enough, <laughs> when the boyfriend came home, he told him what his ex-wife said. And they both knew that she meant business. Like, don't play with her. She said this. And so you need to do this. And he's like, she said this. So I'm going to do this. But it's so cute to see how they come together all the time. Like, it's just a really, really healthy co-parenting and extremely blended family deal. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to 
the episode that came on tonight, my best friend was texting me like, bitch, you need to watch right now. I almost never get to watch TV in real time. So that's not even a thing. So um, I will report back on that next week because it's going to be bomb, I'm sure. So that is it for what Mimi is watching. All right. So the one thing I left off of what Mimi watched was the Wendy Williams movie. And the reason I left it off is because there is so much to unpack. I'm just going to make it our main topic for the podcast. Woo. Okay. So first of all, did you watch? That's question number one. So the movie came on on Saturday on Lifetime. And after that, a documentary came on right afterwards. And the documentary, um, it gave us a little more. It was called Wendy Williams, What a Mess. So the movie was a biopic it was about her life and I have very strong opinions and thoughts (laughs) and so I'm gonna share them with you and I want you to share your strong opinions and or thoughts with me so some of you already have so I posted like a little teaser to the gram on Saturday kind of just getting the feel of if people you know had planned to watch or whatever And so a a good amount were like, yeah, they were watching. So we had a little bit of back and forth banter. So, um, yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, so here are a few things that you should know (laughs) before I I, uh, go into it. Um, If you plan to watch and you have not watched and you do not want to know anything about the story, then... It's probably too late for you. Too late in a sense that every tabloid, every blog, every local news channel, everybody I feel like has been talking about this movie. And so I am in fact not the person to spoil it for you. Lots of people already did that. So uh, with that said, okay, so um, I'm a fan of Wendy Williams and I know a lot of people don't like her. Um, (laughs) Good or bad, she paved a way in the industry and I can't just disregard that for people's personal feelings of her um she is in a male-dominated industry and she has killed it her work ethic has been unmatched and I respect the fuck out of her for that um she did something that a lot of people do now but they wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for her. So <laughs> hello blogs. So like the Jasmine brand and the YBF. And I don't even look at how uh, those kind of blogs anymore. I used to many, many years ago. So I don't even remember what's around. But the TMZs, the paparazzis, like essentially she has been doing a thing that all of these outlets do. And because of her legit, uh, you know, they are able to do these things. They ha- She was a giant in which the shoulders they are currently standing on. They didn't come up with this by themselves. She laid the blueprint. So she was spilling the tea before it was socially acceptable. Um, And a lot of people hated that about her. A lot of people hated her for that. Um, The crazy thing is, as much as people hate her, is she was like a credible source. Like some things were verified very early on and some took years. She's always had disdain for Bill Cosby. And... um. When all of that stuff began to unravel a few years ago, she shared a story about how um, he tried to get her fired. She wasn't 
doing things and saying things the way he felt like she should be doing them I think at some point when he had come to like the radio station or something like that and he complained about her and wanted to get her fired and so she she has not liked him ever since um and she held that for a long time um but when all that stuff went down on the news yeah she was definitely sipping her tea for real so um on top of that uh I've been to her show uh, I've been in the audience like five or six times. I haven't been in a long time, but I have been plenty of times. And I was even in a game segment about shoes on her show where she and I sat side by side, answer some questions and kiki. So that's actually what I posted to the gram over the weekend asking people if they were watching. It was a clip from the segment I did on her show. Um, So behind the camera, she is a good time. She chats it up to the audience she gets up close and personal like she'd be chit-chatting and her producers would be counting her back in like from a commercial assignment she'd be like I'm talking to my people like she was very personable and engaging with the audience and I love that um I didn't I didn't know if I we were gonna get that like the very first time I went so the very first time I went ooh. It was in October. It was many, many years ago. And we had to wear all pink because the guest was Patti LaBelle. And it was the first day of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, I have seen some dope guests. I saw Patti LaBelle. Ugh, this isn't dope to me, but maybe to other people. The Jersey Shore cast, Portia. And there were some other big people that are escaping me right now. But um, some really, really like... First of all, to start off with Patty, it was like, well, who else can hold a candle to her if she's the first person that I see? Um, but it's a good time. It's a stone cold party. They be having dance contests and everything. That shit is for real, <laughs> for real. But the energy is always good. And I always like that about her show. Just like most of these shows, tickets are free. You just go online and request them. Um, I've also been during Christmas uh, one time when they were giving out, you know how to give out all of the free games, not games, it were games, gifts, prizes, and stuff like that for Christmas. So I also attended one of those shows too. All right. So um, much like Wendy, I'm a nosy person. I am very inquisitive. I have lots of questions. I always have lots of questions. Half of them I feel like just cannot even be answered but the only difference between us is I'm not a messy person I'm not about that life as much as I love pop culture and all that stuff I share pop culture with you guys but I don't gossip I don't I don't talk about celebrity gossip not here maybe among my friends depending on the story but um I'm not messy in that way. I love to know people's stories, though. I want to know their path. Like, how did you get here? Where did you start? Like, when I see couples, I always want to know how they met. Like, how did they get here? And because I'm dramatic as hell, if I see people in the street, um, one, I'm not going to just go up to them and ask, but I will make up a whole ass story. I will give them fictitious names and make up a whole ass story. Now, especially the people who just look like unlikely couples. And I'm like, so how the fuck did y'all end up together? So yeah, this is what I do with my time. This is what happens when you are creative and you have an overactive imagination. <laughs> All right. So the casting, they did a good job casting her mother and her father. So, um, I've seen them both at the show. They were regulars. Um, um, I, you guys know, I think you should know that her mother very, very recently passed away. Um, her father has this unforgettable voice, though. It's very um, James Earl Jones-ish. 
and I love it. <laughs> it like it makes me giggle. So if you saw the movie, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's very, very deep, but very crisp and clear voice. It's very interesting. Um, and so matter of fact, when she first came back, when Wendy first came back to her show after her after announcing her mom died, because it had been some time before the world found out, um, she roped off their chairs so no one could ever sit in them again. Naturally, if her dis- her dad decides to come back to the show, then he'd sit in his chair, but no one will sit in her mom's chair, which I thought was really cute. All right, so back to the cast. The young lady who played Wendy, her name is Sierra Patton or Peyton. Um, she's also in The Oval, which comes on BT Plus. I think it's a Tyler Perry show I've never seen, but she did a great job. She looked like her... I felt like every time I saw her on the screen, she owned the scene. And it was some shit in that movie that she had to commit to. But she gave it her all. She went all the way in. Um, I hope that um, her star goes far. Like, obviously, she's already acting. And I didn't look her up. So I don't know how deep she is in her career or whatever. But I hope, like, it really takes off for her. Um... So then there was um, the uh, Morocco Omari, and he is, um, <laughs> oh, he played her now ex-husband, Kevin, and he was, I felt like, a dead ringer for her husband, Kevin. Now, apparently, he's also an actor in P-Valley that comes on Stars. I've never seen P-Valley. Um, so I can't speak to it, but, um, he looks like Kevin. Um, he talks like him. Um, like he had his voice down, um, his, his posture and everything like, yeah. Um, it was crazy, even crazier because he said that, um, he had no, he had no footage to go by, like for Kevin, right? So for um, playing Wendy, right? You have you have footage everywhere. Wendy does interviews. Hell, she's on TV every day. Like you could pull from that. And Wendy, you know, was executive producer on the movie. So she was also there. So for Sierra playing her, if she had a question or she wanted to get a mannerism or cadence, she had a wealth of content to look over to get that. But he didn't. Um, I think he said he was able to find one interview, audio interview of Kevin, and that's it. Like, that's it. Um, He used Fat Joe, and I forget who the other person was, (laughs) kind of as his uh, point of reference for Kevin to get the New York down, um, to get like the mannerisms and, you know, just the New York swag down, which I thought was hilarious, but very smart because it worked. I felt like he totally embodied him. So, um pre-divorce when you went to the Wendy Williams show you absolutely always saw Kevin standing off to the right of the stage always he didn't move it's like he was just a physical body standing there next to security except for that was security's job but he was always firmly planted in that same spot every single time that I had gone so they talk about a lot of like big um heavy personal um things in the movie so weight was one of them um I knew about her eating issues and her mom and stuff calling her fat because she's told those stories on her show um but to see it play out was just like damn um it's so damaging 
when parents do that to their children. Not even just parents. It could be your auntie and your uncles. Because, you know, a shady auntie would love to tell you how you got fat or whatever. It's so damaging to your kids. Please do not do that to your kids. And honestly, don't allow other people to do that to your kids. Now, I don't know what a fat life is like. I don't know what it's like to be husky or chunky or anything. But conversely, don't do that shit to your skinny kids either. Because what I did experience was growing up, people saying, oh, you need to eat a burger. Bitch, you need to eat a burger. (laughs) I am eating just fine. But... Somehow it is socially acceptable to talk about skinny people, but not fat people. It's damaging just the same. Um, So I did like that they showed that aspect is very true. And to listen to her parents talk about the things they used to do definitely made me cringe. Sometimes it's a sign of the times, right? So like most of us are raised by baby baby boomers and that's a very old school style of parenting. That shit doesn't work now. But some people still have that in them. And so while they were dead wrong, <laughs> um, in that, I also recognize that it's kind of one of those when you know better, you do better as parents um, type of deal. But yeah, that shit was damaging. So um, she addressed her weight issues, but it always became a sore spot for her. Matter of fact, the first time I went to the Wendy Williams show, I was blown away at how thin she is. Tall, big titties for sure. But she was so thin. And I'm sure that, you know, once she got older, it was like, oh, let me constantly keep this in the back of my head. Like that shit never goes away. Um, then it was the cocaine, y'all, the booger sugar. Um, she was hooked. And again, that's something she's talked about on the show, but she was like seriously hooked. So to see it play out really showed like how bad it was. And I was like, God damn. (laughs) Now she's also talked about on her show how she quit cold turkey. Um, and it only took her four days, which to me was just like, oh, okay. But after seeing it, and realizing how much of a habit she was, I was like, damn. Um, She was going hard in the paint with it. Um, So Kevin in the movie, and I'm assuming real life too, um, he didn't like look down on her for it. He wasn't down with it though. Um, And I think that was a huge contributing factor to her quitting. Um, She was a hustler. So at one part of the movie, she's talking about how she was working on a DC radio station and took a New York radio station gig on the weekends. Now, that's a four hour ride. And not to say that that's hella far, but to do that shit every weekend, to drive four hours to New York to do a radio show and turn around and come back is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. But she did that shit. Like she was determined. She had her goals ironed out. She knew what city she wanted to be in, who was the top market, what the time slots were. Like she had all of that shit down to a science. And that was really impressive to watch. Now, one of the shocking parts that I did not know about either was there's a rape scene in the story. And um, the character's name in the movie is called Ricky Tony. And this encounter took place like in the late 80s. Um, his real name allegedly is Sherrick. And he was in a singing group. I looked him up 
because I don't know who he is. I listened to one of the songs they listed as like his popular songs is Just Call. It was number one on R&B charts at some point. And that shit didn't jog my memory. Now, I'm 41, but I'm an old ass bitty, especially when it comes to music. And so (laughs) I definitely pride myself on knowing a whole bunch of stuff. Matter of fact, this is random. Um, Babe and I went to Ikea today, which I just I told y'all earlier. And on the way back home, there was a song on the radio called Shoot 'Em Up Movies. And I remember that song from back in the day. It's another late 80s song. And I was singing along and he was like, how do you know this song? Like, I just love music. I like old school music. And so I was shocked that he was like topping the charts. This dude did the stories about and I had never even heard of him. So anyway, in the movie, she was interviewing him, right? He had come to the radio station for a regular interview and then he was all flirty with her and he invited her to a party. So she's like, all right, cool. Now, because he had been doing press all day, you know, he was like, I want to go back to my hotel and change. And she went and he pulled the okie doke on the hotel. And that's where the alleged date rape took place. Now, um, he was in the shower and she was doing the booger sugar. And he came out and failed to get dressed and helped himself to her, according to her. Um, So he died in 1999. Okay, so we see all of this play out. And naturally, you have to know that people are going to have comments and questions and opinions and stuff about a lot of things that took place in the movie. And because this man died in 1999 there were definitely some comments. So he was 41 when he died of unknown causes. Well, he left behind a wife and a few kids. And the wife spoke out. Um, and she said that she didn't know anything about them. I assume that this was before her time with him anyway. Um, and so she said she felt like it shouldn't have been addressed because he's not here to defend himself. Now, that could go two ways, right? Because if it's her experience, then she's allowed to share her experience. But then she went on to say that she questioned the time of the story um, and wanted to know why she didn't say anything back then. Y'all, I fucking hate when people do that. I hate. You don't get to question somebody's trauma and you don't get to decide when they speak out about it. Regardless of where they are with the trauma, some people have healed from it. They've had therapy. They've worked it out. They're good. Other people have not. But you don't get to pick and choose that shit for people. And I think it is so insensitive to question someone's trauma. Now, if they lying, they lying and that shit should come out in the wash. But you don't know that. And if you can't prove it, then you can't just discredit their story either. And so, ugh. I was just like, yo, like you could have, you know, stopped at the he's not here to defend himself. And I'm sure that they loved and adored him and all that other stuff. But just because you have a good experience with someone doesn't mean that other people don't have a bad experience. I feel like I've talked about this on here before. There are lots of people who absolutely love me, but I'm sure there are also some people that's like, she's a fucking bitch and I hate her. Well, I'm sure your opinion, your your feelings are valid and I probably did some shit to make you feel that way. But that doesn't mean that I'm still, you know, not a nice person and all that other stuff. Like, we don't know everything about everybody and we're not around everybody 24-7 to say what they did or did not do. So 
I don't like when people go that route. Like, just stop at how you feel and what you wish, you know, that it wasn't brought up and let that be it. Now, there's more. Why? Because there was some other men that Wendy addressed. Now, Method Man was one of them. Please note, Method Man was not in the movie and neither was their story. But as Wendy was doing press prior to the movie, she was on DJ Sus One's podcast. Um, the full thing is posted on his YouTube. And she talked about this one night stand that she had with Method Man. It was not a salacious story, I felt like. I don't know if he was with his wife at the time. Perhaps he was. But it was a very simple story about them being in a nightclub and some shooting and some drama popped off or whatever. And they left together. And um, she t- <laughs> she says that she gave him a bath, which was really, really weird for me. But whatever. And that they had sex. And that was it. Like just a one and done. And, and that was it. Well... Uh, Method Man is still married to the same wife I'm assuming he had back then. And she put out a comment today. She went in. She said she was tired of taking a high road. And she went in. So their feud started in 2006 um, when she was privately uh, battling breast cancer. And Wendy went live on the radio. According to Method Man's wife. She had not had a chance to tell her family and friends. And so Method Man was pissed because he didn't want his wife's diagnosis made public. Like that was something they wanted to keep to themselves and rightfully so. Rightfully so. I totally understand that. Um, It's fucked up that she did it. It's insensitive as fuck that she did it. And I mean, you could be mad about it. But here's what I wondered. Who told her? And did you beat that person's ass? Who told her? So my circle is very tight. And there's some things that we have going on, have had going on, have talked about that don't lead a group. So if I only told these three people, but somehow a Wendy Williams finds out, clearly there is a leak in the boat. And while you could be pissed with Wendy, but she's not the real axe that you need to grind. Who told? Who told? Like, that's what I wanted to know. That part of the story never came out. Like I said, you could be mad at the, at the messenger or whatever. But who told her? Because she wasn't at the doctor's appointment when they found out. She's not in the inner circle. So I want to know who in their circle, um, you know, that knew shared that information with her for her to talk about it on the radio. I don't know. Um, In 2021, nah. (laughs) Like, so I am someone who, y'all, I got some real old school morals. I got some real loose ones too. (laughs) But I got some old school ones. And I'm never giving anyone that much power over me. I get it. It's frustrating as fuck. It's obnoxious as hell and all that. But there is no way in hell I'm going to make a public announcement. Like, y'all, it was like a carousel on Instagram, like a couple of slides. I'm never going to give some other bitch, I don't care what the story is about, bitch could be a boy too, please be clear, the satisfaction of feeling or knowing that they occupy space in my head. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that at all. Like, even if I feel that way, bitch, you'll never know. (laughs) 
But in 2021, I'm definitely not addressing some shit that took place in 2006. Like, I'm not going to do it because I feel like I'm 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 on your mind. And I don't know why you allow that to occur, but you are. And I understand being frustrated, like, damn, this shit won't go away. And um, I don't think much of anybody knew about this one night stand. And now I haven't gone checking for articles or anything like that. So I don't know if he ever actually said, no, I did not have this one night stand or whatever. But she put the messaging out there and... um. She just pretty much said she was a miserable bitch and that she don't, um, and the message read like she deserved all the things. So like the bad marriage being cheated on, like it was very much like, I'm happy this shit had for you kind of tone. <laughs> you deserve this shit cause you're a terrible ass person. Um, uh, but me and my marriage are good. So that's another one of my things. Like I'm never ever going to try and convince an outside party that my marriage is good. You going to see us and you going to see what you going to see. But I ain't never about to put out no statement. And what's interesting, not necessarily about Method Man and his wife. I don't know this shit. But even when you see people posting on Facebook and stuff like that, it's like they're trying to convince us that this thing is great and this thing is good. And maybe it still works out. But then you also have some that have to scrub their Facebook and Instagram in two months because the shit didn't work out. Like, just live your life. You don't have to convince us or anybody else that your shit is good. Just live your best life. To me, that's the best revenge you can serve somebody is to go on about your motherfucking business and live your life on your terms and not let other people occupy space. It's just too much. Too much. All right. So. The other man in the movie is Eric B. of Eric B. and Rakim. <laughs> that story was amusing as fuck to me. So they dated at some point. And the short of it is he ruined her credit. She got him a rental car on her credit card and he didn't bring that joint back. So the rental company is calling her about issuing a warrant for not returning their rented car. And she is pissed. <laughs> and that shit was funny. Just because like. My girlfriends and I will definitely joke about, oh, you might see this guy. Somebody on a gram will say, you don't even know. And you're like, oh, he's cute. He look like he'll ruin your credit. Like, that's just a running joke for us. And he really did that shit. <laughs> like, according to Wendy in this movie, he really did that shit. So then after that, after they were together, she found out she was pregnant by him. And she said she didn't tell anyone. And she just went and got an abortion and went on with her career. When I say there was a lot going on in this movie, there was a lot. So then there was her marriage. So I knew she had been married before she spoke about it on the show. Now, I don't watch the show every day anymore. I haven't watched the show every day in years, but I used to watch it every day. Um, She never speaks his name. um, And on the show, she was like, um, it's not worth giving him 15 minutes of fame. So she never mentions him. So in the movie, she only calls it a start of marriage. It only lasted a few months, which I guess is a start of marriage. Um, (laughs) And she said he was like a rebound dude. So I don't know. Um, So she also shared her miscarriages, which is something she has talked about very openly on the show over the years about how um, it took a long time for her to get pregnant with little Kevin. So I do like that they kept that part in the movie as well as... It's something that happens very common to women and it's still a bit taboo to talk about. Um, So I love that they showed it and they showed her going through it and even her husband, Kevin, like he was a really, really good support for her during that time. And um, 
she had made it to the two month. Uh, no, she had made it to the five month mark twice and then had these miscarriages, which is extremely difficult because you have to give birth to these babies that are stillborn. So, you know, you are going in labor to give birth to a baby who is not alive, a baby that you'll never get to take home and raise and all that other stuff. That shit is hard. That shit is traumatizing. And that shit is incredibly heavy. And especially to have to go through that um, a few times. That was a lot, but it's real. And it's a similar story to a lot of other people, which is why I appreciate them for sharing that. Um, And I guess the biggest story was the affair that we all have heard about, which is very interesting. So when people talk about it, they always say alleged. And um, I find that so interesting. Now, I don't know by definition or legalities why or what constitutes someone having to say alleged versus not. Right. So in the movie, (laughs) this messy man purchased a home nine miles from he and Wendy's home. Talk about shitting where you eat. He bought a home, got a home for him and a side piece. Nine miles, y'all. That's, (laughs) it's disrespectful as fuck to have an affair, but that's hella disrespectful. So Wendy finds out, she goes over to the house and she's all looking in the windows, (laughs) like looking in the windows, commenting on a chandelier, snapping pictures. Like she just wanted to see what she could see. Now she had already hired a private investigator. So she had seen them out and about and on vacation and stuff like that. And at one point, there was a picture of the two of them floating around on vacation that was like all over social media before any of this came out. And um, so she's looking and then she spray paints in like hot pink or red spray paint, Kevin and Wendy forever on the garage door. And I don't know why that shit was amusing to me. And then she gorilla glued the mailbox c- closed. Now that shit was fucking funny to me. That's like some real petty shit to do to somebody. To glue the mailbox closed. That's like taking all the shoelaces out of their shoes or taking just the left shoe or something like that. Like that is so fucking petty. That shit was funny. Uh, She was hurt. She was devastated. But that shit was funny. So one of the scenes in the movie that pissed me off was this whole sober living thing. Now... Um, I've seen, so in the movie, they show a clip of her addressing living in a sober living house on a show. And I did see that, but this part was so weird, weird for me. So she didn't want to go. And from what they showed us about that time, um, I couldn't figure out if it's what she needed, but it came across as them just forcing it by them, Kevin, because it was all Kevin. It was his decision and all of that stuff. He was in charge. Um, so it definitely, she didn't want to be there. That part was very clear. Um, but it didn't look like she needed it. It looked like that was his idea for her um, to save face for the media. But really, it was saving face for him. So um, this was back in... 2018 I think when she um when this was going on so she revealed that she had been living in a sober house it's like a rehab facility and how you know soon she leave from the show she goes to it she leaves from there and comes and does the show and all of that um but in the movie like it definitely shows you all that it was Kevin and he was in charge but he was already out with the side piece while all of this is going on which was just baffling to me right so I'm like so let me get this right you cheated on me for years. You got a side bitch pregnant. 
she keeps it, but I'm the one that needs help and I need to be in this <laughs> this sober living facility. Oh, y'all got me all the way fucked up. Like my mind was blown. Like, how does this happen? Anyway, he arranged for her to live there. This was after the fainting incident live on the show. And um, he felt like it just looked better for optics if she went and did this. Um, Some people suspected she was back on cocaine again. And she did say um, when she was working, like, never. Like, I would never go back to that. Now, the fainting spell was later related to Graves' disease. But, um, yeah. Um, I kill my husband if he put me in a sober living facility. <laughs> like, it was just so mean and cruel and unnecessary. Why are you out here shucking and jiving with somebody else? Um, so, in the, the one scene, she is... She has these life coaches, I think they were called. And they were taking her from the studio... Um, and she said she had a meeting and they, the coaches decided she isn't in the right space to do this meeting. So they tell her to reschedule it and that they're not taking her to the meeting anymore. They're taking her back to the facility. And she is like, what? Like, why? Like in total disagreement with them. And there was no visible reason that we could see in the movie as to why this was prudent, but they decided that it was. So while they're in traffic, she jumps out the car and runs to the building. So I'm assuming that obviously they were close um, to the building and she runs in the meeting. And that was the meeting where she told all her people to remove Kevin from all her businesses and told her manager to um, he was also her manager at the time and then told them to file for divorce for her. So I understand why this was like... <laughs> a dire need for her to get to this meeting she did that shit it was funny as hell watching her run down the street too all right so after the movie was the documentary and this was a much different vibe from the movie it was more raw and real it was Wendy Wendy at home just being her without the glitz and the glam um so she has lymphedema so in one part she is literally there in the lymphedema stuff (laughs) which is this big Velcro thing. So my mother is a breast cancer survivor. I've told y'all that before. And she had a single mastectomy and um, that causes like some fluid buildup and stuff. So I know exactly what this, I call it a contraption looks like and how it works and everything. So I was extremely tickled to see her just chilling with it on um, for part of this documentary. So they call it a documentary, but I guess it was really just a one-on-one conversation with her. Um, and then there's some snippets that fe- feature her brother and her sister. Um, and it features her parents, um, which, you know, was obviously done before her mom died. And then um, she talked about how she was a made woman before she met Kevin. And she was. She was already in syndication and everything. So while I do believe he helped level up her career, he was very supportive in her dreams and stuff like that. And I'm sure that was part of her appeal to him. But she was already a boss before they got together. So she didn't need him. She had already been dubbed like the female shock jock, um, the equivalent of Howard Stern and all of that. But in this documentary is a lot of vulnerability um, if you watch her show, you know that she's a fearless anyway, and she frequently gets teary-eyed about stuff. Um, I do feel like largely she's misunderstood, and I'm wondering if this movie and documentary would change minds. I'm sure that there's still some people who be like, nope, fuck that bitch, she deserves what she gets. But I wonder if it explains some things to people. 
Um, not that she needs to convince anyone of anything, but I was just really curious if there are people who were like, oh, I felt away and now I kind of feel a little different or hell, maybe they liked her and now they like, fuck that bitch. Um, I'm just curious and inquisitive and just wonder what people's positions are. Um, like I said, her hustle is unmatched. She has carved out the life that she wanted. She built an empire from radio and TV to um, the comedy shows. She had a clothing line and some media stuff. So she has been about her grind and um, I guess not, nothing was going to slow her down. Like it was some stuff going on. It was a whole bunch of very variations of roadblocks in her career path. And she managed to bust them all down. It was some shit though. It did make for a good story though. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, so at the end of the documentary, they say how did they reached out to Kevin for statement, uh, for a response and his statement was something along the lines of lies, half truths. And I'm like, dude, you got a whole bitch and a baby girl. Where are the lies? That's why I didn't understand why people kept saying alleged baby. The baby isn't a mystery. <laughs> it's 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 here. It's it's maybe probably a couple of years old at this point. Like it's not a mystery. I don't understand why they keep saying allegedly. No, this is his kid. He he knows it's his kid. Like in the movie, um, I think Wendy asks if the baby is born or something like that, and he says, Yeah, whatever. Like, this isn't alleged, but whatever. Um but I'm sure he, uh, I'm assuming, didn't want to comment because he didn't like the way he was portrayed or whatever. But obviously, we don't know what goes on in their house. But the storytelling wasn't just Wendy. Like, there were so many people in the industry that they've worked with over the years that had their own Kevin stories. Is everybody lying? I feel like everybody can't be lying. Like... It's one thing to say, oh, she felt this or she felt that. And maybe she felt the way because she was cheating on her. Well, <laughs> can't say I'm surprised that way. But these people had no dogs in the fight. And they shared just some of their experiences with him. And they were crazy. Um, They were very crazy stories. Um, And these were men. They weren't just women with these accounts. It was both. Um, whites and blacks. Like, there was no, like, oh, let me find a better black woman. Like, no, it wasn't any of that. Um, in the end though, I think Wendy did a great job. She got vulnerable and hella personal in a way that we had never seen her before. And that takes balls. I'm not a vulnerable person and I damn sure don't cry. I'd never do that shit. Um, and definitely would not do that shit on TV. Like I'd walk off and walk away before I just cry on TV. Um, but kudos to her for sharing her truth. Like that's not an easy thing to do. And once you've put it out there, there's no way you could walk it back. You cannot walk it back um so for those of you with questions about why she didn't just leave just know that it's it's easy to say what you would and wouldn't do it's easy to say what you would and wouldn't tolerate when it's not you okay pumpkin all right so just shut up about that part uh a woman is not leaving until she is fed up period you could stand on your head and blow out of your ass if she's not sick of the shit she's not going anywhere it doesn't matter what the other person does like it just doesn't matter and it's not up to you so I always like to remind that of people um, especially celebrities it's like oh if I was them I wouldn't nope you're not and you don't know what it's like to be them so you can't say what you could and couldn't do 
Um, but let's continue the conversation. So if you watch it, if you have thoughts and opinions, either in agreement with me or not, we could talk about it. Not going to hurt my feelings. Um, I would actually love to hear your perspectives. Um, Keisha, shout out to Keisha. Balls of Beauty is her blog. She and I were having like some back and forth. And um, <laughs> I think she would have Keisha say something about she just didn't get like uh, what Wendy saw in him and stuff. And so, you know, in our conversation, I was telling her that he validated her. He felt something that was missing, right? So her parents kind of already t- always talked about her weight and her appearance, which made her insecure. But he was very supportive of her. He accepted her. He accepted her for who she is and what she looked like. And he validated that. And that shit is attractive, especially to someone who is lacking in that area and isn't getting it. And not to say that that's right or wrong per se, but that shit is real. And that's how people stay with people that you'd be like oh hell no because there are some redeeming qualities um there um now she said he had been cheating for years so this ain't like a one and done story and in the movie she talked about how it's been going on but this one was a public embarrassment in a way that the others hadn't and so perhaps that was a straw that uh, broke broke the camel's back I don't really know but like I said it's ballsy as hell to put that shit out there. Now, because they had snow in New York today, she didn't get to air a live show. They had to um, air a repeat, which I'm sure she was blown about. She is probably doing everything she can to get in that purple chair to be live because I know she wants to talk about it. I'm sure she wants to talk about all of the things that other people have said. And honestly, I was really looking forward to the show today because I wanted to hear like some of the feedback that she got Um and what she thought about it. So that is it. That is all. All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mimi Said What? I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. But I need a favor. I need you to go to Apple Podcasts, um, to the Google, wherever you get your podcast. I need you to leave a rating for the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. Tell me what you think about it. You like it. You love it. What you want more of. All that stuff. Um, and don't be selfish. Don't be stingy. Sharing is caring. So do share the podcast with some friends, some family, some folks you think would enjoy the things that I'll be running my mouth about. Um, you can follow me at Mimi Cute Lips everywhere on social. And as you continue the conversation, don't forget to use hashtag Mimi said what until next time, cuties.